0: Because humans are complicated beasts, the monster said. How can a queen be both a good witch and a bad witch? How can a prince be a murderer and a saviour? How can an apothecary be evil-tempered but right-thinking? How can a parson be wrong-thinking but good-hearted? How can invisible men make themselves more lonely by being seen?
1: We're doing fine. I'm doing we doing
2: Welcome to We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa, Book Club Edition. I'm Lisa. I'm Robbie And we are joined by a guest. She's going to introduce herself in a second, but I just wanted to read. She is a published writer, author. Um, recent publications include The Post-Traumatic Scoville Diet with Flashpoint Science Fiction, Peanut Butter Allergy with Luna Station Quarterly, and Echo with After Dinner Conversations. Welcome, Jenna! Yay! Ooh, hello, everybody! <laughs> thank you for having me. I've yeah. been listening. Thank to you your for being with us. You started
3: it. Wow.
2: Yes. Stunning. Thank you. Jenna is also like one of my childhood friends. I love her. She's great. Yes. <laughs> she knows all my secrets. Oh, yes. Oh, so a dangerous many.
0: place to be with Lisa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's how I roped her on. <laughs> <laughs> But this month we read A Monster Calls by Patrick Ness. Yes, that's yes. one of my favorite books. Oh, I'm so excited.
0: It, it has been on my bookshelf for about six years or so. Wow! I got a special edition. It's like illustrated. Oh, um, you got that one? Yeah, it was like on offer in a local like independent bookshop in Morningside when I lived there. And I I was going through a Patrick Ness phase Because I'd read um, Oh, I can't remember the book I read I'd read one of them and then I got um, The rest of us just live here Which is incredible, everyone should read it And then I went back to the shop being like I need another Patrick Ness book Give me anything you have And she was like, this is A Monster Calls And I was like, it's so pretty And beautiful and I need it And then it sat on my bookshelf And I've never read it And now I have (laughs) And I hate it that i've read it god damn it
2: oh well how about you give us a quick description of what happens synopsis um
0: oh god how did i do this without spoilers so um oh no i've forgotten his name
2: connor. His name
0: connor oh bless him so irish so <laughs> connor is a young boy okay. um connor is a young boy ...who has grown up with his mum... ...and when the book starts... ...we know that his mum is ill... ...and is receiving treatment... ...and he wakes up in a dream... ...after a dream... um ...of a monster... um ...made out of a yew tree... ...in his back garden... ...and the monster wants to know his true story and I don't know if I can say anything else without spoiling the book. So if you don't want spoilers so I'm going- from here
2: on out, go read the book. It's like five hours on audiobook. I did it in one road trip. Go!
0: <laughs> Literally, it took me to work and back to finish it because it's so good. Um But yeah, so spoilers from here on out so go away, join us again once you've read it but from now on we will assume you have read the book and spoilers galore. So Connor's mum is... Th- dying of cancer um, the monster comes to him and says that he will tell him three stories and once he's heard three stories Connor must tell him his truth, his story um, and for the whole book we know that Connor's truth is the nightmare that he keeps having but we're not entirely sure what that is until the end of the book when it is it, like, it's a fairly like, simple story in that it's just a boy who is not happy with the fact that he wants his mum to die because she's suffering. Um, And he wants that to be over, but then he hates the fact that he's sort of hoping for it to happen. And the monster helps him through these stories to realise that it doesn't make him a bad person, Mm -hmm. that you can still want someone to die and and it not be a bad thing because of the situation that that person's in. And I cried so much reading this book. I hated it so much. Uh, I ugly cried so hard. Yeah,
3: I warned Lisa I was like I'm probably gonna cry on your <laughs> podcast. Thank goodness <laughs> it's not video. Yeah, yeah.
0: Don't worry, I've probably cried so many times on this podcast, but through the magic of editing, <laughs> <laughs> I going to keep it together. It just sounds editing. like laughter. Yeah.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh, a uh, friend of the podcast, Bill. He when it, when a. I was like, oh, yeah, my friend Jenna suggested this book for a book club. And then he was like, that's no friend. That's no friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's it's true. I was being cruel. I didn't want to have to sit yeah. in my own
3: agony by myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair. you got to spread that trauma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want everyone else
3: to ugly cry with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. I. But yeah, yeah. so...
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, like, fairly simple story, but it's so beautifully written by Patrick Ness, mm-hmm. which is unsurprising. What I didn't realise, and I'm going to totally betray mm. myself as somebody that doesn't um, remember names, because I've already forgot the main character's one, but I didn't realise that it was based off of someone else's idea. Did you yeah. guys know this? Of yeah, course yeah. Jenna knew this, and yeah, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> um yeah um but there's like a whole foreword at the start of my copy i don't know if you got at least on the audiobook yep. but the fact that i can't remember a name of this, this author she, yeah Siobhan something first o'toole first the i've theme. made that up that's just you're me. like what's something oh. irish yeah irish Truly names Robbie, o'toole you can um, do better <laughs> but um yeah, so she had this idea um, I'm assuming she had notes or something and sadly she she died fairly young and uh, I mean the forward just said that her estate I'm assuming it was her family came to him and said could you finish this book for her and I really liked it in the forward. he was like I can't write that for her but what I can do is I can take her idea as inspiration and try and do something that she might be proud of
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, so he was like this is not her story this is a collaboration and I was like that's so nice the The bit that got me was he said that he it would be a disservice to try and copy her voice. Yeah. So he yeah. took her idea and wrote his own version, and I was like, "That is wholesome. I like
2: that." Yeah, Siobhan Dowd. Yeah.
0: Dowd. Yeah. O'Toole, close enough.
2: You're so close to O'Toole. <laughs>
0: so close. So close. You can edit that out, right, Lisa? Lisa's nope. like, Staying no, it. absolutely. Oh. <laughs> um, she hates me. I swear. <laughs>
2: No, um I think it was an absolutely beautiful story. Um, I probably did a disservice to it by listening to it on a road trip, but like with another person, because, you know, in the middle of things, you always have quick conversations and probably miss bits. But I also did watch the Netflix movie of it the next day, which kept quite true. I mean, it's hard not to when it's such a short book, but it kept quite close to the original text, which I think was Absolutely lovely. I was a bit surprised to see Sigourney Weaver in there, but um, <laughs> yeah, she plays the wow. grandma. Yeah.
0: Oh, so excited to watch this now. Yeah,
2: it's on Netflix. Yeah, I I liked it. I actually liked the movie. Um,
0: <laughs> I was gonna I watch cried it, in the but I'm the there king. too. <laughs> oh no!
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Robbie. What?
0: It is that kind of story. Um, I was just going to say, I want you to watch it, but then I'm also the kind of person that gets easily um, confused between movies and books. And I was worried that if it was quite different, I'd be like, I really like that bit in the book where Connor murders his entire school (laughs) class. And you'd be like, Robbie, that was in the terrible. You know, and I'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's my bad. Sorry. I promise I read it. I'm just easily swayed. Um, (laughs) So I've not watched it yet, but I do want to.
2: Good move. Good move. Yeah, I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was surprised initially just by how, like, very clean the cast of characters was. They kept a very, like, Patrick Ness kept a very uh, tight cast, which is something that I struggle with as a writer. Because um, I always have my, my cast be quite sprawling. Um, yeah, I think which that is might funny have been a because choice. Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, on a personal note to Lisa... One of the things she always complains about doing this book club is when a book has too big a cast. Oh, So I, I find know. it funny that... I see. <laughs> it's a problem
2: that I have with myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> yeah,
3: I like the tight cast in this one because mm-hmm. I felt it made sense with Connor's world. Like yeah. When his mom got sick, his world shrunk because he just started yeah. focusing just solely on him and his mom so to have a bunch of people come in i think it would have been a little bit of a disservice to connor's grief absolutely yeah
0: and i think i, th- I feel like it would have spread that emotional investment mm-hmm. of connor or that we put into connor and his family yeah. into a bunch of different people so you know cuz you'd be like oh but i'm curious about this person and that person and these people um whereas because it's so, so Tighten it, there's not really that Opportunity to sort of invest Elsewhere, yeah, like it is solely yeah. on Connor and his story, which is good
2: Yeah, Definitely Um, Speaking of that cast of characters Who, like who surprised you In the book? Not getting to listener Questions yet, but like Who, yeah, like what character do, Surprised you?
0: Do you know what, I, I Really struggled reading The grandmother's parts Okay, okay. I found that so heartbreaking, um, because it was so, like, I don't know, I think reading it as an adult now, if I'd read it as a kid, I'd probably have just been like, what the fuck is this grandma on about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But reading it as an adult, I was just like, "That that is her mother. Yeah. Like, she's also grieving. And there was times where I got annoyed at Connor, because I was like, your grandmother is going through some shit right now. Yeah,
2: she's pulling a double load. You need to get load. your shit
0: together yeah and then like when she came in and he trashed the living room and she just like finished the job and walked away I was like oh my god Yeah. so I think they it was definitely the grandmother that got me the most I wasn't expecting that and then all of a sudden I was like just sort of faced with grief in like the most wholesome manner of I want to grieve for my daughter who's not dead yet but I have to look after her son yeah you know I was like oh shit yeah it was tough
2: Like, especially in the scenes where, like, she wouldn't talk to him. I'm like, I don't fucking blame her. I would be so resentful Mm -hmm. of this child who just trashed my house. Like, knowing they're going through shit, but also going through the exact same, like, if not on just a different level, like...
0: But also, like, even if it's not resentment, it's just, like, I don't blame her for not having the emotional capacity to deal with this shit. She, you know... Her daughter's dying. She's got bigger problems than this bratty little child that she's got to look after. Yeah. And obviously that's a very simplification of what's going <laughs> on. But like, for her to just be like, do you know what? I don't have time to talk about this right now because my daughter is in the hospital. So I'm just going to ghost you right now. Yeah. But I will continue to make sure you have breakfast. Yeah. Because I'm a good grandmother. Yeah. No,
3: yeah. That grandmother got me. Like, I've only ever read this book as an adult. Mm-hmm. I never read it, you know, as a kid. So I think, Robbie, you're right, where it's like if I was a kid, I probably would have hated yeah. the grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the evil <laughs> grandmother with her to attention clean to my house. Next. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: but as an adult, like when Connor's mom is really sick and she calls out for the grandmother, she calls out mom. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. my heart is
0: on the floor. <laughs> it's yeah. so
3: sad. And then you see Connor's grandmother she's grieving by taking control where mm-hmm. she's like okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna do x y and z this is our schedule this is our plan and that's reflected in her, in her house which is like very well kept yeah connor's grieving by being in extreme denial and those two styles of grieving are obviously going to clash and it's yeah. going to be so messy and I just felt so bad yeah. for both of them because it's like you both deserve to grieve however you need to, but because you are family and in this together, you can't. You yeah. have to find a new way to grieve together.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Broke you my know heart. what? I never even thought of that. That is so beautiful and tortured. Like, uh, yeah. the fact that to support her grieving in planning it would be to cancel out his denial, which is this oh, fuck.
2: Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <new layer> Unlock. <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse than you
0: thought ah, podcast over I need to go have a cold
2: shower and cry <laughs> no my, my thought with the grandmother is also just like she has to take control no one else is taking control the father's fucking useless like I, I got he's so angry at him when he's like the baby's sick like I'm sorry your son is going through so much worse than your wife who needs to give the baby some Advil. You need to fly across an ocean. Yeah, even the fact that he, like, admits. Yeah.
0: When he admits, like, oh yeah, like, the baby's fine, but she panicked and took him to the hospital. I'm like, okay, so you know your wife is acting up. Yeah. not obviously, these things are scary and stuff, but you know it's not serious, and you're still disappearing. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah.
2: And, like, the fact that... I have no sympathy for him. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and he was, like, getting, like, the only thing that made him, like, angry slash concerned was when Connor was like, oh, yeah, a monster's coming to visit me. And he's like, Connor, sh- shut up. You're scaring me. Like, no, your kid's going through some shit. And that is actually, in fact, your kid. And you should take some responsibility. I'm sorry that you had an affair and moved across an ocean to get away from what you've done. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I was really frustrated with him. I tried. I did on this read-through for because I was like, this is going to be on a podcast. I should try and find (laughs) something to say about this character. And I was like, I got nothing. I just, his job, his sole job was to show up and be there. He should have been whatever Connor needed because he was removed enough from the situation that his grief could take a backseat. Yeah. So he should have been able to step up and support Connor's grief. And the fact that he doesn't even try, he's like, I got to get back. You don't get a lot of vacation time in America, which, true.
2: But yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: then you take your, like, non-paid leave, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Especially, it especially hit me when he was like, no, Connor, the U medicine isn't going to help your mom. And Connor's going through it like, no, of course it's going to help. Like, the monster's a yew tree. Like, what? what are you talking about? This has to help. And he's just... Not trying to help his son cope at all, and like mm-hmm. maybe he is through his own grown up lens, but like he's obviously not trying too hard to parent Connor, yeah, he's speaking- not interested in being a dad, no, Which is gonna suck because he has corner, two anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um speaking of the U medicine, we have a question from Callum, do you think the u tree med? did you think the u tree medicine would heal Connor's mom no uh the first
3: time I was reading it, when I had never read it before, I had that little quick glimmer yeah. of hope. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remembered all the stories that the monster was
2: telling to Connor. I was like, it's not happening. Same. Yeah. I had a quick glimmer of hope. I was like, ah. And then, and then the third story, and I was like, no. Never mind.
0: <laughs> I think I already knew that Patrick Nesk has quite a tragic way of writing, so I think I just... Came into this as soon as I realized that the mum was sick. I was like, "Oh, she'd got, she's gonna die." Yeah. Okay. Oh, but like I like I'd say it was the the grandmother's grief that that got me. I was like, Ugh.
2: yeah, no, that was that was messed up." Um, I have a quick question in regards—well, not I, but we have another question from Callum in regards to the grandmother. Um, what did you think of the conclusion of the second story? It took me a minute. To realize he had actually destroyed his grandma's living room, because I had that same issue. I was like, "No, he's 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 still in the story. There's no way he actually destroyed this living room."
3: <laughs> oh, okay.
2: So I, this is one of the things I love about this book.
3: Mm-hmm. And part of me will like get really nerdy on you right now.
2: Absolutely. So one
3: of the things I really love is the blend of different genres in this book. So it's very much rooted in contemporary. We have a realistic world, a realistic situation happening, mm-hmm. but then we have this magical element of the monster, the U tree coming in, mm-hmm. and we're not certain if it's real because it's introduced like parallel to Connor's dreams. Yeah,
2: so,
1: it's a hint of magical like
2: realism, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
1: And so this shows
3: up, and you're like, "Did this happen? Is it real? I'm not sure." And I loved it at this moment when there's that brief thing where it's like, is this really happening? And then it is. Yeah. I thought that was perfect for the theme with this book and the plot where it's like this horrendous cancer diagnosis. It's too big for a child's mind to comprehend. Is it real? Is it happening? I'm not sure. So I kind of took that moment where he actually does destroy his grandmother's living room as... This is real. This is happening. Your mother's dying. Yeah. It's kind of like running parallel to his growth on his grieving
2: journey. And
3: I absolutely love that moment when we make the realization that it happened.
2: Yeah. I was probably a big dumb dummy because I, like, it took me until, like, when the dad was making the breakfast the next day being like, yeah, we're just going to, we're ignoring it. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to act like it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, 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 shit. Oh, it actually happened. (laughs) He didn't wake up and everything was nice and neat again. All right.
0: (laughs) I think I, when I read it, I think I knew when he was like in the sort of like, not dream, not hallucination, but when he was like seeing the, like the U tree was like helping him destroy things or whatever. I was like, fuck, that's, that's going to be the living room. Yeah. That's going to be his grandmother's house. So then when he was in the ruined living room, I was like, Oh fuck, oh god, oh god, it's happened. Oh no.
2: Yeah. I mean, you get a hint of it with the SETI, right? Is, it, is that what is Yeah. SETI? We don't have those over here. Maybe we could just call them something different. <laughs> what is a SETI, Robbie? Yeah, what is that? A fancy study?
0: Thing? It's like an office?
2: No, like the SETI, like the, the thing he was sitting, city.
0: Oh, hmm. oh you the settee. Oh, a settee. Right. We don't have those over here. A settee. Sati- it's a sofa. Oh,
2: that's it? Yeah. Why have different ones fancy <laughs> yeah. like fainting couch thing? <laughs> I was I was thinking it was like the little thing that like the little thing that you put your feet on um that usually oh. comes with oh, the cou- we, couch we call, set.
0: We call that a poof. <laughs>
2: well yeah, we have poofs too, but like usually those are just like big ground pillows. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. I'm so sorry to disappoint <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a couch. <laughs>
2: Why do you guys have to call everything something so
3: fancy? It's rude. Okay, I thought the grandmother's house was much fancier than it apparently is. Never mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Rude. Wow. Rude. Um one more question. Well, actually, let's have we have a we have a listener, Colin, from Hannah. So let's listen to what
1: she has to say. Hi, Robbie. Hi, Lisa. First of all, thank you for choosing this book. I of course found it as beautiful and tragic as the story behind its creation. And As easy as it was to follow, it did manage to leave my head spinning the more I thought about it. I think one thing I do when I read is I try to pick up on metaphors and main messages, but this time I just couldn't. For the life of me, I couldn't find any major themes or figure out what any of the metaphors or symbolism meant, and I think that was on purpose. I think overall, the monster didn't represent anything specific, and the lessons that Connor learned as he went through the stories and his life experiences, they weren't cut and dry. They were nuanced. I mean, just like life really is. For example, the monster told him a story about an invisible man who became visible, and it seemed to be that the moral of that story was going to be, be careful what you wish for, and maybe being seen isn't the best thing. But then because of Connor and how aggressive and violent he became, Lily was able to see him again, or at least expressed that she could, because she saw how in pain he was. So in some way, obviously it's not the healthiest way, but it did serve to meet that end. And then the second story, when the monster says, destruction is satisfying, and then it turned out that Connor had destroyed his grandmother's sitting room, we're supposed to think, yeah, destruction is satisfying, but it's never good. But then his mother at the end says, if you're angry and you want to break things, you break them good and hard. So, like, the story overall had no, like, it wasn't preaching a specific message, if that makes sense, I think. The closest I can come to any sort of takeaway is just to speak your truth, I suppose. But that came right at the end, and it wasn't really, I mean, it built up to it. But I think, maybe it's what they were getting at. I don't know. Maybe you can shine some light on this for me. Um, were you getting any really strong messages? Were you getting any really strong symbolism? What did you think that the monster represented, really? So, yeah, thanks. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Thank you, Hannah, for that message. If you would like to
2: send us in a voice clip, you can email it to us on, to wearedoingfine at gmail.com, or send it over, I think you can do those on Anchor as well. Send us, send us in your thoughts. We love to hear from you guys. Yeah, I'm
3: I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with Hannah on the reading, which, I mean, people get different things out of books, so everyone's experience with the book is valid. And I think I am an, in a unique position to get quite a lot out of this book. I was a teacher, I taught it to a class, so I had to very much go in depth with it to find symbolism and all that, but also I have a lot of life experience that runs parallel to the book, so... For me, I had a a lung collapse a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. which is not fun. No. And it's a pretty torturous recovery process. And for me, when you see the yew tree, so like what does the yew tree represent, which is what I think Hannah's trying to get at here, he's possibility, but not every possibility becomes reality because he's this healing properties. He's this magical creature. He's the possibility of Connor's mom being cured. Yeah. But possibility does not equal reality. And that's just the truth of life. And then the destruction aspect um, mentioned, like, what does that mean? Connor is trying to express his grief, but he can't because he's choosing to go through it in denial. Yeah. So he needs somebody to see his grief and see the trauma he's holding in about wanting his mom to die to end her suffering. He hates himself. And he wants someone to hate him, too, to validate those feelings. How do you get someone to hate you? You start doing bad things. You bust up your grandmother's living room. You act you out. beat yeah. the crap out of their school boy. I
2: mean, good on and him for that
3: the- part. <laughs>
2: I, mean, I don't blame him for them,
3: <laughs> But he's trying to get in trouble because that's what he feels he deserves. He deserves trouble. He's them. trying yeah. to express his grief, but he can't even acknowledge that he's grieving. And that results in chaos. And I completely understand that because I, going through my whole recovery process, I was probably not the greatest person to be around (laughs) because I was so upset and I didn't know how to voice my upset because I was alive. Surgeries were successful. But my life was completely changed. I wasn't the same person. You know, the old Jenna was essentially dead. And I didn't know how to grieve that and nobody else knew how to either. So it yeah. creates chaos. And that's what I got out of the book. That's a lot of what I taught for the book. So respectfully disagree, Hannah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. And I think like every reading iteration is definitely valid. And I think it's, it's definitely hard to like, especially relating to Connor when you haven't gone through, like, I don't know if Hannah's gone through any huge piece of grief yet in her life. I hope, hope not, because that definitely helps you uh, relate to the book um but i don't know the lessons definitely weren't cut and dry you can take different interpretations like from the lessons of the story um even connor at the fr- at the beginning he he was just like these are these stories are tricks right you didn't punish them but that's because he was coming from this place where he thought he needed punishment um, and like even his school bully was like you just want to be punished you're a little creep who wants to be punished um so i don't know it's it's definitely it's definitely a hard story to like, I don't know, it, it is a lesson in grief. And it does make you kind of interact with how you go through the process, like in your own life.
3: Yeah. And I think we remember Connor's 13. Yeah. So most 13 year olds don't have these big moments in their lives of tragedy. Yeah, hopefully, you know, that's a good thing that they don't. Yeah, but then that means they don't know how to negotiate it. So for him, the world was black and white until it wasn't. Yeah. Now suddenly, it's complicated on the most personal level it can possibly
2: be. Yeah, no, like, and I think I agree with you. Like, it's it's definitely something that you don't really relate to, like, until you've been in that position. Because like, when I was Connor's age, I had a friend pass in a very similar you know manner to Connor's mother and that was definitely something that like affected me for years dealing with that um and you don't really realize what you're going through until you're in the end of it and you really confront it um so yeah how about you Robbie tell us about your deep dark griefs
0: <laughs> um yeah I mean you died <laughs> that do you know what I didn't even think of it that when I read it though but but I definitely, it brought back a lot of memories of my um, great-grandmother. Mm. She died when I was 15 and I was genuinely too, like I was too scared to go and see her in the hospital. So I'd never got to say goodbye to her. Um, So that is like a guilt that I've sort of had to learn to live with and realise that I was I was too young at the time to understand what that was. Yeah. And I did hold myself, you know, I I... I not tortured myself, but I did make myself feel A lot guiltier about it than I should have Yeah um, And it's it's taken me to be a bit older to realise That actually at 15 That was not a conscious decision That I made, knowing fully what was going on I mean, 15 is a wee bit Older to know, but But we um, all
2: know men are emotionally stunted, so <laughs> well exactly yeah which is why we need to have for- the main character be a boy to show boys that they can grieve oh mm-hmm. yeah I didn't even yeah, think of so- that that's a good book for this mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jenna's writing <laughs> up another lesson plan <laughs> as we speak <laughs>
2: that was my first You're thought I was like oh shit boys can cry like that's a good that's a good That's a good lesson <laughs> oh, new mission to make all of the boys students cry with this boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Static doesn't matter what way you do it, you just need to make them cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like that was, you know, something that I really appreciated with Connor's grandmother because I think she really is the, um, she really is the goat of this story.
0: <laughs> I love her so much; yeah. uh, my heart breaks for her.
2: And I just really appreciate that he had an adult who made him say goodbye to his mother. And like made sure that he didn't have those regrets later on in his life. Oh
0: my gosh, you're gonna make me cry. it on. Sure enough. I know, me too. Listener like, to question. Oh my
2: let's, let's move on to something else. Thank you, Hannah, um, for that, making us have that conversation. Um, and I'm so sorry, Jenna, about your lung collapse. I know that was a tough time. It's probably not an easy thing to have that followed up by a pandemic that affects your lungs.
3: Oh, yeah, having <laughs> a major respiratory threat for three years has been fantastic. <laughs> I know.
0: Oh, God, yeah.
2: Get so, your vaccines, everyone. <laughs> yeah, like, let's be real, it's still going on. <laughs> I don't care what Biden says. Yeah,
0: just, despite what the pol- politicians say,
2: yeah. 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 Um, we have one last question, which I think we kind of answered through our last conversation from Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Did this book make you come to any realizations about how you deal with grief?
0: Oh, I mean, I'll let you guys answer that first, because mine's sort of different.
3: Uh, it did. So when I first read it, very first time I read it, it was actually an assignment for school. So I was like, I gotta write this paper. So <laughs> then I, I read it again when I bought the book, and then I read it again this time for the podcast. And each time I kind of recognized a bit of myself in a new character. Mm. So, you know, it started off very much connected to Connor, because I think when we read a book for the first time, we're just automatically really close to who our main character is. Yeah. And then this time, I very much recognize myself in the grandmother and her intense control that she was trying to maintain. Mm -hmm. And I see myself doing that, like, during the pandemic. Like, you know, I'm terrified out of my mind. I'm scared. I'm grieving the loss of of people all around me. And I'm just trying to control everything. (laughs) Yeah. But... Having being that tightly wound, you're bound to snap. And I I have (laughs) multiple times throughout this pandemic. But I just saw myself and I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. I have the immaculate living room with not the fancy sofa. (laughs) And I need to start letting go. Yeah. Because otherwise I'm going to end up smashing it to
2: bits. (laughs) Life lesson for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like as far as characters that I kind of recognize myself in, oh my gosh. Lily, I'm such a fucking try-hard little poodle girl. Um, and, like, it. she also came to a little realization of just, like, hey, I fucked up. I told people about things that I shouldn't have told people about, and I'm sorry, and she confronted that, and I really appreciated that little moment um, with Lily and Connor, even if Connor didn't really respond to it. Um, I think that's a lesson everyone can learn from, confronting the things that you've done um but yeah i think it's also just like i don't know i've always been like i just keep your shit to yourself kind of person i don't think that's gonna change just by one reading. but i also maybe maybe i just need to actually read the book rather than listen to it we'll see
0: (laughs) fair um so yeah so i i've already sort of talked about it but i definitely deal with grief in quite a similar way to Connor, how Connor did. Oh, your mom have I mean, living Luckily, well, <laughs> luckily never trashed anything too badly, but I just like it. I've only really had to deal with grief one very bad time, mm-hmm. and that was complete denial, like for sure. And obviously, I've grown. That's it's been like over ten years since that happened. So I'm. Who knows how I'll deal with grief should it happen again? Well, when it happens again, this is life. Um. But what it did make me realize is that I don't often stop to think about other people's grief when I'm grieving. Mm. I don't stop to think, who else is this affecting, you know? Yeah. And and so it was the grandmother that one got me where I was just like, oh, yeah, like other people also grieve at the same time as you. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. The world does not stop for been...
2: me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one.
2: And that's like, especially when you're going through it, that is a hard thing to take into account.
0: Mm. It's
2: just why I'm not ready to be the adult in any situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good lesson to take away though, this
3: you know, step one is being aware, you know? Mm-hmm. But,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. like, it makes me like, would that, I, I mean obviously at 15 years old there's, it uh, yeah, it's a tough one, but would you know, would that have been would I have done anything differently or spoken to my mom or my nana differently when they were going through it or if I'd had that awareness you know it's, it's interesting
2: definitely well thank you Andrew for sending in that question and thank you Jenna you broke us suggested- Andrew yes you broke this was a really heavy book club episode yeah thank you for yeah. joining us
1: <laughs> I'm
2: never coming back <laughs> i hope you come back this has been it's really nice to have like an extra person to to just to have the discussions about things because i feel like sometimes robbie and i will go through and like be like question answer question answer and like not yeah we definitely to answer yeah sorry
0: yeah, no, I was just, I was just gonna agree with you. We definitely get into habit of you read a question, I answer it, you give your thoughts on that answer, and then you give me your answer, and that's our like formula for book club. So it is nice to have somebody come in and be like, okay, but let's take a hot second to discuss this.
3: Yeah, yeah, this this was fun. Like, I could I could go on about this book for for thirteen weeks because that's how long that class was. <laughs> 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 hey, take Jenna's class. <laughs> It's a it's a beautiful book. I think it's it really touches on a foundational element of what it means to be human in this broken world where tragedies happen, and what it means to be a child in the face of overwhelming tragedy, which unfortunately children across the world are being faced with nowadays with all the chaos. That's oh my happening. goodness!
2: Yeah, so it's unfortunately a very relevant book. Yeah, but especially Mm. for the times yes I think everyone should read it thank you for suggesting it Jenna thank you for taking my suggestion and having me on of course it only
0: took us about a year since you sent it in but we got there eventually
2: (laughs) yeah so if you would like to read a book in a year (laughs) <laughs> suggest one to us that we are doing fight at gmail.com um before we end I think I'll probably know the answer to this question but I'd like to ask you guys who was your favorite characters Jenna you first <laughs> oh
3: well I, I think I'm I very clear constantly referencing the grandmother <laughs> I just she just tugged on my heartstrings ripped my heart out tossed it on the floor and stomped on it and <laughs> I
0: loved every second of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, say, same here. I've already gone on about that grandmother too much this episode, so uh, I'll just say same.
2: <laughs> yeah, same. I I think the the grandmother just deserves all of our love and respect. And like, look at us. Every single time I finish, we finish up a bod, like a book club podcast. I'm always like, we didn't even talk about the yew tree. Like, we didn't. We barely talked about him.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> a monster calls. Who cares about the monster? Who cares about the yeah, monster? Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the point yeah, should have called the
0: movie. book A Grandmother Greaves yeah. <laughs> oh
2: no, no. <laughs> yes join us for both Club in November A Grandmother Greaves uh, no. <laughs> Um, no and then as always what is your rating for this book?
0: Jenna as our guest you may go first yeah. <laughs>
2: okay.
3: since I already just jumped the gun there I was like, it's, five stars. <laughs> it's a five star book for me it's definitely in like my top five books of all time that I've read so I love it I
2: agree. Five yeah, stars. I'm gonna.
0: Yeah, same. Five stars. One star for every year it was on my to be read list. <laughs>
2: <sure>. <laughs> now, if we learn anything from that, Robbie, it's that you might have more favorites if you actually read the books on your shelves.
0: Yeah, Ooh. this is true. Oh,
2: calling you out, calling me out on so many books on my <laughs> those, shelves. Those Someone has to be. Add,
0: add that to my accountability buddies for sure.
2: <laughs> Love that journey for you. Yeah. Well, Robbie, will you give me a drum roll so I can announce our selection for November?
0: Yes, so our November book club pick will be.
2: <gasps> crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner. Woo!
0: <laughs> it froze as you like laughed, and I was like, she's laughing at my drum roll. How rude. <laughs> Don't worry, Jenna. We'll fix all of this in, in edit. You won't even notice that we popped that up. Yeah.
3: I can't wait to to listen
2: to the edited version of this. Oh, yes. We'll sound so much smarter. (laughs) And before we leave, Jenna, do you have any pluggables that you'd like to send people to? We can add links in the description and things like that. Uh, Yeah.
3: So uh, Lisa mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I am a science fiction fantasy author. You can find all of my stories that are available to read on my website. That's jennaglover.com. Um, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jenna C. Glover.
2: Please read my stuff. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Do it. Do it. Read all of it.
2: Do it. And I've been promising her that I was going to do an audio version of one of her stories. That'll be coming up soon. Uh, I promise. (laughs) No worries. I'm excited to hear that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Cute.
2: Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us links in the description and so on thank you Jenna for joining us we hope you'll come back I hope we haven't scared you off
3: oh no you can't (laughs) scare me off (laughs) I thought I scared you
0: off (laughs) not at all we love a good cry here oh yeah (laughs) Yeah.
3: They'll never take my suggestions again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I, I can't disagree with that, yeah. <laughs> but it has been fun. <laughs> yeah, don't
3: worry guys, the November book was not suggested by me. No, it didn't. <laughs> I will be reading it. Yeah. I will be reading yeah. it, but it wasn't it wasn't one of mine, so we might be safe. I don't know. I haven't read it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for joining us. Lisa, thank you as always for being on Book Club with me. Um, that is it from us for this month. So until next month, mm-hmm. keep, keep reading, keep reading
2: fine. <laughs> Love it.